Welcome to Real Paranormal Activity, the network. Entertainment you'll enjoy. You are listening to an RPA production where people gather. Foss Corporation, LLC. Hello, my Mysterians. This is Terry from Texas, your presenter on Terry's Mysterious Moments. This week, I would like to talk about abandoned amusement parks. There's nothing quite so sad as a closed or deserted amusement park, be it a seasonal closing or a total shutdown due to financial failure. To see the rides which give so much pleasure in many cases and causes so much terror in other cases, sitting idle with no movement other than a gentle rocking due to a light breeze is just sad. I don't have any other words for it. To sit within a closed park and be able to hear the sounds of calliope music, live shows in the park, voices raised in pleasure or terror on the rides, the sounds of the rides themselves. Those are the sounds of a park's haunting. Lake Dolores Water Park is an abandoned water park off Interstate 15 in the Mojave Desert in the community of Newberry Springs, California has operated under numerous names in the past, including Lake Dolores, Rockahula Water Park, and Discovery Water Park. Lake Dolores had its beginnings when it was designed and built by a local businessman, Bob Byers, for use by his extended family. Lake Dolores was named after Byers' wife. The initial phases of conception, planning, and construction took place in the late 1950s and early 1960s. An expanse of arid land on the eastern edge of the Mojave Desert, 100 yards from Interstate 15, was chosen for the project. The area contains underground springs fed by the Mojave Aquifer, Lake Dolores, the namesake body of water, is a 273-acre man-made lake fed by those underground springs. In May of 1962, a small basic campground adjacent to the small lake was opened to the public. Enthusiasts of motocross and people traveling on Interstate 15 between Los Angeles and Las Vegas gave the campground some business. Over the next 25 years, rides and attractions were added, and the site evolved into a water park, which was advertised on television with the slogan, The Fun Spot in the Desert. The park featured eight identical 150-foot, 60-degree angle steel water slides mounted side-by-side on a man-made hill. Riders rode on small plastic floaties 
which skimmed 40 to 50 yards across the lagoon when they hit the water at the slide's end. Nearby were two V-shaped water slides, also roughly 150 feet long, which were ridden standing up. The slides ended about 15 feet above the water, shooting the standing rider out of the end like a human cannonball. This being one of the, if not the first water parks, safety apparently wasn't high on the list of concern. Can you imagine a water park that lets you go down a 150 foot slide standing up? There was also the zip cord ride, which was an early zip line ride, which riders hung from a handheld device attached to a guide wire for approximately 200 feet at a 30 degree downward angle. At the end of this wire, the hand grip would slam into a blocking mechanism and come to a stop about 20 feet above the water with the momentum thrusting the hanging rider 20 feet forward into the lagoon. Again, safety wasn't a high priority. In the middle of a smaller adjacent lake were three high diving boards and three trapeze-like swings hanging from an A-frame structure mounted on a 20-foot high platform. Riders launched themselves from these swings into the lake. It's peak attendance between the early 1970s and the mid-1980s. After a downturn in popularity in the late 1980s, the closed. Rockahula Water Park came about after buyers sold the defunct park in August of 1990 to Lake Dolores Group LLC, a three-member investment group led by Oxnard, California businessman Terry Christensen, who envisioned a more polished park with a 1950s theme. In 1995, the original water slides were removed and ripped with more modern fiberglass water slides built by Whitewater West and were painted red, white, and blue in reference to the United States flag. One of the slides was the Big Bopper, advertised as the world's largest family raft ride, and promotion was contracted to Beachport Entertainment Corporation and the park reopened under a new name on July 4th of 1998. The new park featured the constant playing of 1950s and 1960s rock and roll music throughout the park along with some compatible graphics. In its Rockahula incarnation, the park included a river ride on inflated tubes, what is now referred to as a lazy river. I do wonder if the naming of this had any connection to the movie Grease 2, which was a sequel to the movie Grease, used a song in it called Rockahula Luau. An on-premises RV park had been planned, but its open was delayed. In its three seasons, the park amassed $3 million in debt. One of the three investors experienced financial problems and an employee paralyzed in a 1999 accident was awarded $4.4 million in damages. That award was affirmed by the California 4th District Court of Appeal in 2004. Now, the accident supposedly occurred after hours and involved alcohol by the employee. 
supposedly. The park filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy in February of 2000. The court-appointed trustee failed to find a buyer, and in August of 2000, the bankruptcy filing was changed to Chapter 7 liquidation. The bankruptcy judge overseeing the case returned the property to Dolores Byers. Her husband, Bob Byers, had died in 1996, with most of the debts discharged. Dolores sold the property in September of 2001 to SL Investment Group, LLC, of the City of Industry, California. She died a month later. After a $400,000 renovation, the water park reopened in May of 2002 under a new name, Discovery Water Park. In 2002 and 2003, the park was only open on weekends. In the summer of 2004, its final summer, the park only operated intermittently. Some of the park installations were sold off in 2009. The Big Bopper and Thunder Road water slides were sold, dismantled, and shipped to Cultus Lake Water Park in British Columbia, Canada, where they were painted light blue and renamed Colossal Canyon and 060 and installed. Repeatedly vandalized, the park fell into ruins. Much of the park was torn apart by people who salvaged metal and wires from the buildings, and urban explorers frequently visited the water park, ignoring the no trespassing signs. In 2003, Olympic gold medalist and former professional football player Ron Brown and the Pro Players Network, a group of former and current professional athletes, formulated a proposal to purchase the park and turn it into a camp for disadvantaged youths, but sadly, this effort failed. The Oasis Theme Park Group announced a project in 2011 to renovate and reopen the park, but this effort failed as well. The park was purchased in 2013 by G&GF Enterprises, LLC. In 2019, the company sought approval from the San Bernardino County Board of Supervisors to redevelop the water park. The proposal was a five-phase plan set for construction to begin in 2020 with an anticipated full park opening in 2026. Project approval was given in March of 2020. The project fell through, however, and the property was listed for sale in 21 for $11 million. The park was used in the 1998 film Desert Blue, where a rising Hollywood starlet becomes marooned in a small desert town while on a road trip with her father. There, she gets to know the town's rather eccentric residents, including one whose hobby is pipe bombs and another who is trying to carry out his father's dream of building a water park in the desert. The park appeared in a March 2008 episode of the reality show Rob and Big on MTV. Professional skateboarder Rob Durdick and friends used the water park and its slides to perform skateboard stunts for the show. In June of 2012, another skate film, Killian Martin, Altered Route, directed by Brett Novak and sponsored in part by Mercedes-Benz, showed the park in its current state 
while reflecting on its past appearance. Trusto Corp, a group of artists from New York City, transformed the park in 2013 to a Trusto Land as an artistic statement by repainting many signs and buildings with unusual images and messages. On May 27th of 2013, Boards of Canada publicly debuted their album, Tomorrow's Harvest, by playing it first at Lake Dolores Water Park. They had previously hinted that it would be played there by tweeting satellite images and uploading a video to YouTube featuring a distorted advertisement for the park entitled, Look Sad Real, an anagram of Lake Dolores. Top Gear America used the water park in September of 2014 as an obstacle course in Season 5, Episode 7 of What Can It Take? In November of 2014, the water park was used as the site of an Operation Lion Claws airsoft event, War of Angels. The park was the setting for a 2015 Mini Cooper television commercial featuring Tony Hawk. Lake Dolores appeared on an October 2016 episode of Abandoned, which airs on Viceland Network. In 2018, the abandoned park was the victim of arson, causing the destruction of the Lazy River Cafe and Arcade. In February of 2020, the park appeared in the music video for American singer Kesha music video for her song High Road. In 2022, the park was featured in a show called Mysteries of the Abandoned, Hidden America. It strikes me as sad that this park couldn't be kept running, but maybe it needed to be a forerunner. Maybe this business isn't haunted, not in the classical normal sense, but it is probably populated with many memories of the past and may continue to be populated by more given that there are other incarnations of this property. Let's hope so. Lake Shawnee Abandoned Amusement Park You may have heard about Lake Shawnee. There's something unnatural about this Mercer County attraction. A Native American burial ground, violent deaths, freak accidents. Who knew a simple amusement park could have such a dark past? Lake Shawnee Amusement Park was crippled long before local entrepreneur Connolly Snido broke ground for the circular swing. At least, that's what most locals think. Ask anyone familiar with the area, and they'll tell you no one should have turned the grassy field into a carnival. But most things seem obvious in retrospect. When Snido purchased the property during the 1920s, he had no idea it had witnessed decades of bloody unrest. Lake Shawnee's restless past originates in the 18th century. During the late 1700s, Mitchell Clay brought his young family out west. They established an 800-acre farm and raised 14 children. Tragedy struck the Clays, though, in 1783. A Native American tribe slew two of the children while Mitchell was out hunting. They kidnapped another one of the boys, Ezekiel, only to burn him at the stake. Clay retaliated. With the help of other settlers, 
He tracked down several Native Americans and killed them. The scarred homestead was never the same. The Clay property didn't attract much notice until the 1920s. That's when Snido appeared with his rides and attractions, circular swings, a water slide, a dance hall, a speakeasy. He also added a pond and a swimming hole, complete with canoes. At some point, things started to go wrong. Lake Shawnee fans know the facts intimately. A little girl died on the swings and a boy drowned in the pond. All told, roughly six visitors died during the amusement park's brief history. In 1966, the attraction was abandoned. The cheerful turquoise, red and green rides slowly faded and flaked. Before too long, their rusty skeletons surrendered to the restless undergrowth. After 20 years, another businessman approached Lake Shawnee. Gaylord White thought the Sleepy Meadow seemed ideal for future neighborhoods, but as construction crews tore into the grass and soil, they unearthed bones and Native American artifacts. It turned out the amusement park sat atop an ancient burial ground, and most of the skeletons belonged to children. Archaeologists believe the remains had been there long before settlers moved west. Was the Clay family cursed, too? The White family decided not to challenge fate. Instead of developing community lots, they left the burial ground and the rides intact. That means Lake Shawnee will continue to stand as a true Mercer County highlight. The abandoned amusement park has attracted ghost hunters and paranormal experts for years. In fact, Lake Shawnee ranks as one of the travel channels quote, most terrifying places in America, unquote. ABC goes even further. Their experts declared the property one of the 10 most haunted places in the world. Visitors have heard footsteps, mysterious chants, and children. Sometimes one of the swings will move on its own. At one point, someone got locked into a shabby ticket booth, even though the doors don't lock. So is Lake Shawnee really haunted? You have to decide for yourself. Although the amusement park is private property, there are regular paranormal tours throughout the year. The owners can usually make a private arrangement for you too. Just call them before heading out for a visit or visit in October during the dark carnival. You arrive at dusk, just as the bony trees and the creaky rides turn into silhouettes. People who visited the park when it was just opened or had their own strange encounters tell Lake Shawnee stories. They give tours and they light a bonfire. There's also a haunted trail through a corn maze complete with creepy clowns. You can even camp out if you dare. An abandoned water park ahead of its time and an abandoned amusement park built on a possibly and more like probably haunted ground. Both sad for their own reasons. Would you go to either one? Well, that's the show for this week. That's what I've got. I hope you've enjoyed the stories, and I hope you'll be back with us on Terry's Mysterious Moments again when I bring you more stories from the mysterious. Have a good week. <music>